0: Good morning, RVCC. Welcome, welcome everybody. That's a good. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. People are feeling good, coming to church, feeling good. That's a good oh, thing. That's, right. read a lot. that's a good thing. Are we ready? I'm going to read out of James today, if I can manage all the gadgets. All right. Resist the devil and. He will flee, resist the devil and he will flee. We've all heard that, we've heard that for years. It's one of those that we call out, right? I probably hear it once a week, resist the devil and he will flee. So I'm reading my Bible, because that's what I do. And I'm reading in James and I come across that verse. However, I found something right up there at the front. Submit, therefore, unto God. Ah! <laughs> submit, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. It's, it was interesting to me, curious, maybe uh, somewhat convenient, that sometimes when we quote that verse, oftentimes when we quote that verse, we forget to say, submit, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee Resist Submit right submit we got to humble ourselves and I know there are times when for me personally if I'm wrestling with something that I I need to get through (coughs) And I know it's Satan. I know it's the flesh picking at me. I Need to submit first I need to get my eyes off of that temptation submit therefore unto God Lord you got to help me because I'm not going to manage this one on my own. I prove that time and time again. But, but I love my Bible. I love my Bible. This Bible, i got a brand new Bible. I'm very thankful. i got a brand new Bible. It's not this Bible. I love this Bible because the font is just so, and, and the way the pages are laid out are just so. When I'm reading, resist the devil, resist the devil. And I turned you can't see it but it's right down there at the bottom right submit therefore unto God resist the devil and he will flee from you and I turned the page number eight draw near to God and he will draw near to you draw near to God and he will draw near to you you see He gave us a free will and he's not gonna force us He's going to make it be us first. If you want to make it be us, draw near to God. So when I'm resisting the devil, I'm submitting. I'm down there, Lord, you just got to help me. And when I turn and draw near to him, I've got a visual in my head where I just need to turn and look. And he steps forward and he grabs a hold of me and he pulls me in tight because that's where he wants me. But I need to make that first move. Amen. 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 Let's all rise. Can I take that? All right, Father, we thank you. Lord, Jesus, you are here for us, Father. And any temptation, anything that comes our way, Lord, we know we need to submit to you, humble ourselves, turn to you, Lord, draw to you, and you will draw us. We thank you for this, Father, and we take this time now to worship you to give you thanks, Father, for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Great is his faithfulness. Amen.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is faithful. Always has been, always will be. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the deal. I want you to greet one another, but wait. I don't want you to shake hands, not because I'm worried about you transmitting nothing. I just don't want to get it out of hand, all right? You can nod at somebody, say, hey, how you doing? Or you can say, great is his faithfulness, all right? Just nod at him. Don't shake hands, no hugging, nothing. Just for the record, I saw some hugging going on. Oh, okay. <laughs> technicalities, technicalities. All right, well, I we want to welcome everybody here. So glad to see everybody. Uh, just uh, before we get too far into the service, I want to have Vern Norton come up and just uh, greet the congregation here, greet greet you. It's been a long time, amen. Vern and Mary have been long-time uh, attenders and members here, and he's been... They've been very instrumental in, in a lot of what's going on nowadays, and and but they uh, started ministry, oh, 30, 40 years ago, uh, street ministry. They've done uh, street ministry and working with the poor in the Twin Cities for decades, literally decades, and they, they've been a part of us for now about seven, six, seven, eight years, something like that, and Vern has been a part of uh, the prayer ever since 2017, when we uh, started moving very very aggressively towards uh, our goal of to plan of to have a network of 24 churches in the valley Vern has been a part of the prayer meetings weekly uh, ever since then now they he was uh, he was there with us at the very beginning praying in in person and then when they moved to uh, to uh, uh, their daughter's home uh, he's been uh, skyping with us or zooming with us ever since and he's he's with us every week for prayer uh, but he's just a powerful man of god i just asked him to come and greet the greet you. And just share whatever has God has on His heart. Amen. So, why don't you welcome Vern Norton? Thank you. Well,
2: good morning. good morning. You know, it's interesting. The Bible calls the body of Christ the beloved, and that's who you are—the beloved. We're the body; He's the head. And I'm just going to talk to you a few minutes about. Uh, Uh, about uh, certain things that the Lord has laid on my heart, but I want to let you know that the Bible says we're to consider one another to love and to good works. And when he started talking about submitting, the Bible says we're to submit one to another. And that's gotta be done in the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Uh, In the last 10 days, we've been on the street at least three times ministering to people and leading them to the Lord, me and my wife. And again, uh, things are changing in the spirit realm rapidly. And uh, this church is one that's moving with that spirit because you're ready to move with the fire and with the cloud. And some of you may not understand what that means. Come to church and eventually have told you what it means. (laughs) But there's nothing more important in the body of Christ than unity. Powered by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit that's been shed abroad in our heart. Because unity puts teamwork together and God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit never argue. You'd have to give me scripture for that if they're in an argument. I'd like to know who wins. But the church is so important to America that it cannot be stated the importance Now my gifting as doing the work of an evangelist somebody said one time you're like a shot of adrenaline (laughs) And when a person has heart failure, they'll give them a shot of adrenaline to get it moving again Well, I can't help what is gift is in me. That's the way I am And so again, I'm very intense because God is intense. Intense with love, intense with direction. And we're living in an intensive time where you need to be focused. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, there was a coach in the early 60s in uh, Wisconsin called Vince Lombardi, and he took a group of people that had gone nowhere for a long time, and because of the unity and the gifting he's seen in the men, he formed a team that was very good. I'm telling you, God is forming a team here that's very good. (laughs) And it's been going on that way, and it takes a a while, but again, if we will work together with one another and love each other in that unity, it will have an effect for uh, this area and the vision that God has placed upon us. Now, I'm 77 years old. I got a body that feels that way, but my heart is not that way. Uh, my heart wants to do things at 20, 15, 12. I mean, uh, not six months old. But uh, it's very different for me. As I've grown older, I like to submit to leadership. And I like to submit to God and to leaders. To be, uh, to be uh, submitted to righteousness and correction, and instruction in righteousness makes leadership. In the, in, in the body of Christ, easier to work with. And I've, I've traveled many places in the world. I, I, I mean, I've seen a lot. I, first time I was in Europe was in 1988. I actually traveled with the first American football team to play in NFL Europe. And I trained 120 kids that's at Crown College in, uh, out in the western suburbs. Uh, they come in from different colleges. And I trained them. And the main thing I tried to train them was to love people that are not lovable. A lot of times you're going to run into people, and I, I don't mean to be mean about this, but some uh, Christians can have a tendency to be porcupines. Because you get close to them, you get stuck. (laughs) And I'm one of the very few men that you'll meet that has had a porcupine sticking. I had a whole leg of porcupine quills one night. When I was living in the world and I was doing stupid things. So again, the unity in this church is critical. Because it's going to reach out from Solemn Springs to Prescott. And it's going to take unity and it's going to take a church where love is generated. I don't know who, if you know who Brother Kenneth Hagan was, but he wrote a book, Love, the Way to Victory. And he said, if you want to know where love starts, you need to go spend a week in a Christian's home, and you'll see if there's love being carried into the church. Now that's a bold statement. But if it isn't happening in my home, I can't bring it in here. If it isn't happening out in the street when I'm dealing with the lost, it, it is not going to happen. I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart like you do, but you need to let it grow and you need to exercise it. And loving people that are not lovable can be an exorcism, or yeah, exorcism <laughs> in faith. If one thing I got to say to you, look at the signs of the times and understand where the Bible says we're at and know the person sitting next to you. You have no idea what problems they've went through this week. You have no idea. But if you're going to love them, if you're going to accept them as a part of the body of Christ, you need to pray for them and, and deal with them as a important member of God's body, of the body of Christ. And I've struggled with a lot of things in the past, from prison to drugs to alcohol, all kinds of stuff. but there's only one answer for America, and it lies in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and it lies within the church. It lies within your body, it lies in what you believe. Amen. And there was a man said one day he was around, I don't remember somebody told me his name, when good men do nothing evil prevails and we're the goodness of this of the of the whole earth we're the goodness we're the power we're the moving of the Holy Spirit it said he moved over the face of the dark but we don't have to he's right in us now he's not moving over us he's in us and if he's in us like the word says and it takes faith to believe that then out of me should come all love all the time And that's not easy when you're dealing with the unlovely. We've run into some very militant people on the streets, and I still got to love them and tell them they're special and let them word because it will not come back void. There's young in here and there's old in here. I represent the old but the young need to be trained by the old and they need to see boldness in the old people because if there's not boldness coming down from the leadership it will be timidity and I walk up to people and I sometimes I, I show them a picture of Jesus on the cross and they'll say who is he I'm there to tell them I'm there to tell them I preach Christ unto them powered with love because love is the essence, love is the carrier of God Almighty. The Bible says God is love. And that means I need to be love. There was an older man that was getting ready to die. He had been in the ministry years. And this interviewer was saying to him, You know, what about your life? And he looked at the interviewer and he said, I'm getting ready to meet love personally. Are you? The fact of the matter is that we're in a time zone, we're in a time frame that's going to happen one time in all eternity. We're coming to the end of the church age, and this church here, and other churches that believe in the Word of God, believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to be empowered, looking at one another and saying, there's Christ sitting right next to me. He ain't got no hair, but it looks like Christ. (laughs) Me and Mary have been staying at uh, Grace By being at Pastor John's house For the last couple of days And it's an honor to stay with them They're very gracious And they're very kind It's an honor to be uh, to, uh, To sit with a pastor that's following And the wife that's following And their kids that are following But you know God's no respecter of persons And they're no better than you are We're all the same to Christ. He doesn't have any favorites. I'm an ex-convict, and he loves me just like he loves Jesus. That's what the scripture says. And I've been treated that way by a number of ministers and a number of people that have helped me recognize what my life can mean and the direction it needs to go. I've been through tough times like many people in here, all of us actually. But again, I keep on track by understanding that what I'm about to inherit is far greater greater than uh, what the trials and tribulations that are on the earth. I get to go to heaven. I get to go to heaven like all of us. And when I get there and you you say you heard me speak at church or wherever, you can just you can say to Jesus this man come talk to me about love and that's the main thing in my life is about love talking to people that are hurting and again the hurting people need a saving god and a healing god I like to have this young man come up right here on the stage with me How old are you 13 Okay I'm 77, now look at us. (laughs) Look at us. I represent the old, but he represents the new, the new version, the new part of what's coming up. Now listen to what I'm going to say to him by the Spirit. Son, may the gifts and the calling of God work through you mightily. May your life represent the wisdom of God, the personality of God. May Him, may he anoint you with his power, with his grace, and with his anointing. And great things you can do through him, out of him, for him. So be anointed by the word and the spirit, because you've got a wonderful work and a wonderful life ahead of you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's an honor to speak in this church because there's such a power of, of uh, forwardness. There's a power of forgetting those things which are behind and pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. May the Holy Spirit give you a shot of the holy power of God. Renew your your power, your direction in your life. May he guide you into new visions and visitations because there's a visitation on this church and the power of that visitation leaves the residue of heaven, for the gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you much. You have a wonderful day. What do you say after that?
1: (laughs) Amen. That's exactly right. Praise God. Amen? Well, turn with me to John chapter 10. Beginning with verse 24. This is the verse that we've been uh, starting out this series each time i've been preaching on the hearing the voice of god i've been starting out with this verse i read the whole part more in context the very first time i'm not going to do that today but you can go back on youtube and in the on the website and find the audio however you want to listen to it i encourage you to begin listening to this series because it's uh it's interesting the things that uh People have been sharing. People have been telling me about that ever since this series started that God has been speaking to them. They've been hearing the voice of God. They've been hearing him. And uh, it's just a, well, praise God for that. That's, That's him. That's what he does. But John chapter 10 beginning with verse 24 says the Jews gathered around him, Jesus, and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe me. I told you. Jesus had been speaking for years. Jesus had been among them for years. He'd been out preaching the word for years. He'd been out laying hands on the sick. He'd been out casting out casting out devils. He'd been out doing the works of the ministry. He'd been out preaching the kingdom. He had been out there. All, God, Jesus had been speaking the whole time, and they're saying, okay, so what are you really trying to say? You know, when somebody gets up and starts talking, and then at the end, you're still going, what are they talking about? Either they weren't very good, or you weren't listening. I mean, you know, in the the few moments that Vern was up here speaking, what was his message? Thank you. You heard it. When when someone is speaking, if, if, if they don't get their message across, it's their fault. But if we don't listen to the message, if we don't take it to heart, if we don't act upon it, whose fault is it? Exactly. And that's what Jesus is saying. He says, I have been telling you. How did he tell him? He told him by the words he spoke. He told him by the life he lived. He told him by the miracles. He says, if you've seen this, you've seen the Father. I'm telling you. And he says, I and the Father are one. Even he he said that out loud. That's actually what got him crucified. That was the only thing they could find against him was he said, well, they, they, he said, I heard him say that, that he and the father, that, that God was his father. Well, we know that's blasphemy. And they killed him. Well, they weren't listening. You, you know, it's either, the, who was it? Uh, uh, oh, gosh, the name is going to, the guy who wrote uh, Evidence Demands a Verdict. Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell says either Christ was a a a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. He's one of the three. He's either nuts, or he's just an outright liar, or he's God. That's your decision. That's the decision you want to you need to make, and that's what the decision they needed to make. And they decided he was a lunatic or a liar. That's what they thought. Yep, that's it. You're a lunatic, and you're or you're a liar and they killed him. They weren't listening. But the same thing can happen today. God is speaking all the time. Really, you know, I, I said that a few weeks ago, and, and uh, uh, if you, somebody came up to me a week or so after I had started the series, and they said, did you hear what so-and-so was preaching? I was like, no, because I don't usually listen to other preachers because I don't want to be influenced by them. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. Well, they said, they're preaching on so-and-so, this famous uh, teacher's teaching on uh, hearing the voice of God. Then I was listening to somebody else and they're teaching on hearing the voice of God. And then I listened to somebody else and they're hearing the voice of, you know, teaching on how to hear the voice of God. I'm thinking, well, same Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants the body of Christ to hear him. Amen. So we need to have our ears open. We need to know what, what is going on. So as we move forward here, we need to know. So how do we know? How do we hear the voice of God? We talked about this very first week. What's the very first way, the most important way that we hear the voice of God? through the Bible, through the Word of God. That doesn't change. There is no change. It was written, it's, it's, and we, I'm not, I can't go into all the detail about how we know the Bible is true, how, the, how we know the Bible is, is uh, trustworthy, how we know, you know, we, we just don't have time to do that. You can go back, I have all kinds of teachings on that. Go way back to 2017, I think it was, or 14, 2014, and I have a whole two-Sunday two teaching on how we know the Bible is true. But the Bible is the standard. It's the plumb line. It's the, it's the, if you hear anything, you always compare it to the Word. You always compare it to that. I always, I still do. You know, it's kind of like in, in baseball, you know, but I could talk about football, but where it's baseball season. What's the, you know, baseball season, people practice for hours and hours and hours on how to throw the ball. How to throw the ball. You know, and you watch somebody who's practiced hours and hours and hours, you watch the professionals throw the ball, it's, it's amazing what they can make that ball do. But they pract- they're they in it, they're in it, they're in it. But that is a foundation. If you don't know how to throw a ball, you're never going to make it in the big leagues. You'll make it in P, you know, what's the, the little kids? Little league. league. No, nah, but I, they're, they're pretty good too. You ever watch those guys make me look bad? ball they make me look bad too. But they, they, you watch a T-ball, and they, boom, you know, they're going there, and the ball goes over there, you know, and the coach goes, "Good job, good job," you know. Okay. As a dad, I did that once or twice, I was like, "No, get it to me, pop. you know, <laughs> get, get it here." But the more you practice, the more you're in it. Well, what better thing to practice with than the Word of God? Because that is the Word of God. It is written down. It's it's been attested to. And when you read it, the Holy Spirit bears witness. It's the Word of God. Do you do that enough? Now, I'm actually going to give you a little preview. By the end of the sermon, I'm going to come right back to the same point. Because the Holy Spirit, through Paul, said, be in the Word. When you're in the Word, when you're reading the Word, When you hear a voice, you'll know whether it's him or not. Because God speaks other ways. But the number one way is always through the word of God. Also on the flip side, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, don't listen to it. If if you hear a voice of whatever it may be, and I'm saying, you know, if you hear an audible voice of when you're the only one in the desert and you're hearing an audible voice, you may need some water. But at the same time, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, don't listen to it. It's got to line up with the Word of God. All right, number two, what's the second way that God speaks? The still, small voice. And that's what we're in the middle of. We kind of got into the middle of it. I started telling some stories last time. It got a little longer than I expected, so I turned it into you know two-part of that series. Then the other, the next way is through other people. God speaks through other people. How many of you heard the voice of God through Vern just a few moments ago? Yeah. Exactly. Man, I heard the voice. It took me a few moments to get my composure trying to come up here. Because that was God speaking to us. Well, it was just Vern. No, it wasn't just Vern. No. I mean, God, the love of God, the, the word of the Lord. Man, you need to get a recording of what... You need to get the video of that, man. Put that, make a, get a copy of it and put it on your phone. Listen to it every once in a while. That was anointed. I don't know if you... Had, Try to walk up here and do something after he prayed that, man. I'm still a little bit of a mess. Now I'm talking about it again. And the last way is all the other ways. God speaks all kinds of ways. He speaks in in multiple different ways. I was driving in a car one time and I heard a song come on the radio. It wasn't even a Christian song. Yeah, oh yeah, I I sometimes don't listen to Christian music. Because it's really good. Some of it's really good stuff. All right, I'm in a good crowd. I'm not getting stoned yet. Okay, good. But I was driving down the road, and I'm listening to this song, and all of a sudden I realized that's the voice of God speaking to the world. It was a voice about love, but it wasn't mushy-gushy, ooh, you know, but it was just talking about pure love and about how, how, how this singer was talking about, I reached out to you, and I reached out to you, and I reached out to you, and you've rejected me. I heard the voice of God through that to people saying, He's reached out to you. I'm reaching. And He's putting it on the secular radio stations. I'm like, man, that's the voice of God. There's an anointing on that song, it's powerful. God speaks all kinds of different. We'll get to that in a week or so. Depends on how long this one takes. But the Bible is always the ultimate standard. Doesn't matter what else happens. Then we talked about last time about Elijah, how Elijah was, we had just uh, dealt with the, uh, the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, how the fire had come down, God had proven who was really God. Then he got rid of the, 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 the prophets of Baal, killed all of them. Then Jezebel got mad and chased him, or started to... She just, actually, just, she just threatened him. She didn't even chase him, and he, he took off scared, man. He took off running, and he ran all the way down to southern Israel, all the way down to Beersheba. And while he was down there, God says, go to such and such a cave, and while you're in the cave, I'm going to come and I'm going I'm to talk to you. I'm going to be there. And he was in the cave, and the first thing was... I can't remember. I'll have to read it all, but yeah, you got the point. It, it was wind. The wind was and the wind was blowing and, he's, and he's, st- he's in the cave and he says, but God wasn't in the wind. Amen. He wasn't in that tumultuous wind. Then it says that there was an earthquake. But he says God wasn't in the earthquake. And then I, was it fire? Somebody it was it fire? There was fire. Oh, God's got to be in the fire. And then he says, no, God wasn't in the fire. It says then he heard a still small voice. And he went, oh, that's God. And, and he went down. He went He went out of the cave. He walked out of the cave. And and then God spoke to him and said, you know, I love it, I love it because God is so real. You know, here this amazing thing happened on Mount Carmel and then he ran down and then there was all this demonstration of all this stuff and then he stepped out and what did God say to him? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You know, God just usually cuts right to the chase, doesn't he? He does with me. I don't know about you, but when he talks to me sometimes, it's like, what are you doing here? What do you think you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so that's that still, small voice. And, and, and uh, Elijah recognized that still, small go- voice. God still speaks in a still, small voice. So what does that mean? What is that, how does that work? Because, you know, I'll just be honest. I've said this every time so far. I've never heard an audible voice of God. I haven't. I've never heard God say, John, I need you to go therefore and thus thou. <laughs> I did hear thunder one time though. And it was really cool, because I was preaching. We were in Sicahed, Romania. It was absolutely clear. There was not a cloud in the sky. There was not a thing. And we were preaching, and the power of God was falling in the room. I mean, it was awesome, man. I mean, we actually went through three interpreters that morning. As I was preaching, and the the power of God fell in that room, uh, the first interpreter goes, "Ah, I can't, i got to sit down. And then she went and sat down. And they brought up a second interpreter, and that interpreter got about five, ten minutes in, and she goes, whoa, i got to sit down. And she went and sat down. And the third one didn't even make it 30 seconds. I mean, it was just amazing. And then I can't remember what I said. Now I should have, I always, I always say I should write this stuff down. But I said something. It was apparently by the, it was by the Spirit, but all of a sudden you hear <laughs> thunder outside, and everybody goes looks out the window, and it's blue sky. It's like, what in the world was that? Well, that's the only thing, that's even the, the closest thing I can tell you I've ever heard an audible voice. But God does speak to me all the time in a still, small voice. Still, small voice. I don't hear anything with my ears, but I hear it. In my spirit, and I gave the testimony last time about being led. I was going to just something that wasn't even all that important. I was going to buy some wood for a project I was working on, and I was driving in the Holy Spirit. I just didn't feel good. There's something going on. He's like, this doesn't feel right. There's something that's going on. It was in 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 me, and I just didn't have peace. And i said shouldn't i be going should i need do i need to turn around and go home no keep going but don't just you know, just something and i kept praying about it i kept praying i kept seeking god going well god what are you saying what are what is it you want me to do and what do you want me to not do or whatever well when i got there i was standing right in front of the wood and the holy spirit said very still small voice said don't buy the wood i was like well why did i drive all the way over here well he led me to buy something i really did need that i really did need and I didn't know there was a great deal on them on that day. It was four windows that, would have been the, that were the same price as the wood, and they were super, super discounted on the price of the windows. And I was just like, God, thank you. I would have not done that. That's not what I went there for. But he loves me he cares about me and then it was really interesting is as we were as i was driving home after preaching that sermon a couple of weeks ago somebody called me up and said hey you were preaching on that sermon i was just thinking what if you did this this and this in the garage how many boards do you need and how many do you have and i went and i started i started i went home and counted them sunday afternoon i have more than enough boards already in my garage to do what i need to do so that person heard the voice of god and that time I heard him through somebody else. Well, praise God, that's how this works. Why? All for the common good. He wants to bless us. Now those are even, I'm not even talking about super spiritual things that we you know that God talks to us about. These are just everyday things. I know a guy, I know a guy that whenever anything goes bad at, at work, when, everything's, when, when the machinery starts breaking down, when everything starts falling apart, the boss goes, call, call Tom. So they call Tom. Hey, Tom, we can't figure this out. He goes, All right. He comes back. He looks around the machine and he says, I'll be right back. They say, Where are you going? He says, I got to go pray. Oh. So he goes off by himself. He prays for a while as long as he comes back. He goes, Here's the problem. Here's how you fix it. And they do it. And they go, Huh, there it is. The boss knows to call Tom. <laughs> Why? Because he hears the voice of God. And it's not, Fix the nut on the left lever. <laughs> no, he just knows it. How does he just know it? Because the Holy Spirit's speaking to him about stuff. He speaks to us all the time. All right, so, but we can always think, when I hear that still small voice, is that me? I mean, everybody in the room has already, has, I can guarantee you at some point in time, when you've heard the voice of God and you believe you're supposed to do, the first thing you think is, was that just me? Did I just make that up? Was that my imagination? Well, you gotta sort that out. Because sometimes it is. I mean, I can definitely tell you, not every thought that happens up here is God. <laughs> not even every good thought. I'm not talking about the weird thoughts, bizarre thoughts, bad thoughts. I'm just talking about every thought. I mean, not everything is, you know, don't buy the vanilla ice cream, only buy, I don't know, I just, I don't, don't sometimes it's just me wanting something other than vanilla ice cream. I don't know. Not every thought is God. So you have to determine what's me and what's God. How do you do that? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked me. What you know, other people other people think isn't my conscience. Well, hopefully if you're in the word all the time, your conscience will speak to you. And you think you're about ready to do something wrong and your conscience goes, "No, nah, don't do that." Was that God? I don't know. I mean, could be, but it could be just you growing up. Just you becoming more mature. Listening to, you know, you've been in the Word so long, you know, eh, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to steal that candy bar. Fill in whatever your sin was, you know, I mean, whatever situation. But it's just, you know the difference. It could be your conscience, but you've got to figure out what is. What is your conscience? What's imagination? What, is, what are the other things? Or is it God? Is it God? And we need to know how do you determine that. And you notice I keep doing this. I keep doing this. Why? Because it's going to happen in you. You know, some people say what happens right here, I don't know where it happens. But it's in you. It's in you. Turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 15. Jesus is speaking, it's the, the night of the Last Supper. There's like three or four chapters here, uh, just where he just he's giving last-minute instructions. He's giving last-minute heads up. He's just telling them, "Here's guys, here's what's about to happen. Here's how it's going to happen. Here's what we need to do. Here's what you need to do. There's some things you need to know before I'm done." John chapter 14, begin with verse 15, says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Here we are back to the word, right? Where do we get his commandments? It's the word of God. We don't make them up. We don't go, well, oh, I'm going to live my life this way, I'm sure it's God. Because the Bible also says, there's a way unto man that seems right, but leads unto death. That's in there too. So you've got to know that one. That's an important one. Because you can think, well, this is the right way to go. Of course this is the right way to go. Even if it's like, right. I mean, even if it's okay. If it's not, not illegal. You know, even if it's just a good idea or a good thought. Not every good thought is God. So how do, we, how do we differentiate? Well, Paul told Timothy that we need to know the Word of God. We need to use it to rightly divide the Word of God. We need to know what the difference between soul and spirit, what's going on in here and what's going on in here. We have to be able to, and how do you do that? Practice, 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 practice. Practice, 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 practice. All the time. But he says, says, so I love you, you will, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he, the Father, will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. How did they know the spirit of truth? How could they possibly know? If the world doesn't know him, if the world doesn't know the spirit of truth, he, he's, he said the helper, the spirit of truth, he, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he can't see him. Can't see him, can't hear him, doesn't even believe he exists. But he's telling the disciples, you know him. He didn't say that he's in you. He says he's near you but he will be in you. How, does he, how, did the, how did the disciples know the Holy Spirit? Because they just spent three years with Jesus. They had just spent three years with him. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in unity. How does that work? There's one God, three parts, three triune, triune trinity. Ay, ay, ay. I've studied this a long time. I can't give you a clear this is dot, you know, connect all the dots, picture. But I can tell you, he's real, he's there. But how did they know him? Because they had spent time with Jesus. And if if the Holy Spirit speaks to somebody, he's going to sound like Jesus. He's going to sound like the Word. He's going to sound like God. So you have to know God. You have to know the Father. You have to know the Son. You have to know them to know the Holy Spirit. But once you do then you can actually know. You can know. You know when it's the Holy Ghost and when it's not. I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you see me but you will see me because I live, you also will live. Verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Praise God for that verse because you're no longer left out there in the world all by yourself. Even if you are out there in the world all by yourself, you're out in there in that proverbial desert where you don't have any other influence and you seek God, he's right there. He doesn't have to find you. You don't have to find him. Why? Because he doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, verse 21, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. If you love God, if you love God, he's promised he will show himself to you. There's all kinds of other verses. I can tell you verse after verse. If you seek me and you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found by you. He says that. God isn't some impersonal God who lives out in the middle of nowhere and you just hopefully someday I'm going to roll the dice and bump into him. If he's so gracious, if he's so wonderful, you know. No, he said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard it. The very first time I ever heard this, uh, I was amazed and I've used it multiple times and it has worked every single time. Do you want to know a surefire way that when you're witnessing that somebody is going to, they're, they're going to meet God? I heard it for the very first time. It was a friend of mine. He used to go into prisons. He was in the prisons, and these guys would get, get like, perks if they actually came to a chapel service. So guys would go to chapel service, even if they didn't want to, because they got some perks. So he's sitting there, and he's preaching, and there's two or three guys that are interacting with him, and there's a guy up on the bunk, sitting up on a bunk, who every time he says something goes, Pfft. Pfft. Ugh, whatever. Yeah, ha, <laughs> ha kind of laughing at him, kind of mocking him. He, you know, he listened to him all day long, and Scott, Scott was my friend, Scott turned and says, what's the deal? What are you doing here? Well, he says, I get to have canteen if I come to chapel. So I, I decided to come. He goes, really? He says, you're laughing at me. He says, you're, you're, you're mocking us. What, what's the deal? He goes, I don't believe that stuff. He goes, really? Why, why don't you believe? He says, I don't believe there's a God. I don't, I've never seen him, I've never smelled him, I've never touched him, I don't know anything about him. He says... I don't believe it. You're just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. He says, you guys are delusional. Scott goes, really? That's what you believe? And he goes, yeah. He says, tell you what. He says, I'll make a deal with you. Scott says this. Scott says, I'll make a deal with you. He says, I'm going to pray right now that God will reveal himself to you and that you will make a choice to say, okay, God, if you're real, I want to see you. I want to know you. And he says, if you're honest, be honest with me. Don't be playing. This is not a game. He says, if you truly you know, will accept it when God shows himself to you, if you accept it, he will. He'll do it. He'll, he'll bring, he'll show himself to you. And the guy goes, yeah, okay, whatever. Tell you, I'll be, okay, sure. I'm in. If God wants to show, if God make, wants to make himself real to me, deal. Scott goes, all right. He says, so he prays. He says, Father, I know your word is true. And you said, if you seek me with all of your heart and, uh, and, and you, you do not doubt and you seek me, he says, you, I will, you, or you will be found by us. So I pray for so-and-so, the guy up on the bunk. And he says, I pray that you reveal yourself to him this year, this week, this day, whatever. Amen. That was it. That's all he prayed. Went back to his teaching, finished his teaching. Scott came back a week later. The usual guys were there. Bunk guy was in the front row. And he's leaning on his, on his knees, listening. Scott looks at him, he goes, what's the deal? You were up on the bunk last week. He goes, oh yeah, no, I'm down here now. <laughs> and he goes, really? Okay, what happened? guy goes, oh, there's a God. <laughs> there's a God, yep, there's, there's a God, yep, there's a God. And he goes, really? Well, what happened? The guy goes, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll just, oh, I woke up one morning and I know there is a God and I want to know him. <laughs> I heard that years, I heard that 30 plus years ago, 35. I thought, that is awesome. I've used that with many people. I had one person one time says, no, I said, I used to believe in God, but God's done, you know, I, this happened, that happened. I don't believe there's a God anymore. I'm an, I'm an atheist. And I said, really? Really? All right tell you what i'll do i said can i pray for you that god will reveal himself to you and when he does you have to acknowledge that there is a god Amen. and he said sure i'll do that why not i'm not, I'm not losing anything i said exactly <laughs> i prayed with him didn't hear from him for months months and months and months and he came back to me and he goes thank you i was like what do you mean he goes yeah he says god revealed. it's very evident there's a god and I've been seeking him ever since. Amen. You just, he, he, God wants to speak to us. And how does he speak to us? Because he's in us. He wants us to know him. And Jesus is talking about that right here. All right, verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, just in case anybody wanted to know, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? and not to the world. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So how do we know? So God, how are we going to know if you're manifesting yourself? Because you will know in you because he's in you. There's another verse that says that the the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Sons and daughters. Sons of God. His Spirit bears witness. How do I know God is real? I've never seen Him. I've never seen Him. I've never heard Him. I've never smelled Him. I've never tasted Him. How do I know He's real? Because I know He's real. I know. And He's not just real out there somewhere. He's in me. I'm convinced, and I'm not even nuts <laughs> by the normal standards. How do we know? He'll be in you. Verse 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come in to come to him and make our home with him. But whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but the father who sent me so jesus says i'm not making this stuff up either i'm telling you that's the reason i came i mean the next day he dies when the, when he dies the, the the veil gets ripped in two the veil in the temple between the holy place and the most holy place it gets it's what i just heard somebody this week teaching on it six inches thick 40 feet high the rip alone, the sound of that. Can you imagine what the priest thought and, and did? When they look and they hear that bill and they run in and they look, and there's the Holy of Holies open. Why is the Holy of Holies open? Because that's no longer the Holy of Holies. Where's the Holy of Holies? You mean God wants to live in me? Yes, he does. Isn't that cool? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, first thing, how do you know if the still, small voice is because he's in you? He will bear witness in you. You will know in you. How do you know in you? Ah, There we got to talk. Now we got to talk. I still have time. Not much time. John chapter 14, still in verse 14, go down to verse 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's one way. One way is you're in the middle of something. You're doing something, you're living your life, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you remember a Bible verse that applies it directly to what you're in the middle of. He's, he brings it to remembrance. All of a sudden you remember, that happens up here. You go, oh yeah, I remember this verse, it means this. And you can still say, well, maybe I just remembered it. Okay, play that game if you want. The sooner you just go, just go with it and go, hey, the Holy Spirit re- brought it to my remembrance, the quicker you're gonna learn his voice. You'll know when he speaks, you'll go, that's him. That's him. But he'll bring, he'll bring what Jesus said. Well, see how we keep coming back to the word? He says he'll take from what is mine and he'll remind you of it. But if you don't have what's his in you, there's nothing to remind you of. If you don't have it in you. now, Now, just to be clear and just to not put people into this, they think, well, I haven't been in the word enough. I'll never know. Get in the word now. We give you every opportunity. Be reading, be reading. But you could have heard something somebody said. And the Holy Spirit will bring because that word is word. If I've said it, some other preaching preacher, you know, some reputable preacher preaches it, it's the word of God. And the Holy Spirit can say, remember what he said? You know, he might even not even say that. He'll just bring back that that word, and you'll remember it, go, Oh, that's right. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I don't have to whatever, because the word says this. The Holy Spirit reminds us. He says, I he says, uh, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Verse 27. Here's the one you want to underline, 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 circle, blue, yellow fringes, stars. You can bedazzle this one. Bedazzle it. Didn't ever think you'd hear a bedazzle in a sermon, but here we go. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let, your, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen. The peace of God. The peace of God. Now, I'm going to stop for just a second. I'm going to come back to this and just finish out real quick, but I want to just remind you of something. Remember when Audrey Mack was here two weeks ago? Yeah. Audrey Mack was here. Uh, if you missed it, you missed it. All right. But you didn't miss it because it was videoed. And record it, and we have it linked on our website. The first one is on our very front page. I told Pastor Greg, I said, please put it on the front page, the easiest one to get to. You watch the first one, then it will lead you right to the second one. Literally, I'm gonna, I don't say this very often. Those of you who know me, you don't hear me say this much. That literally, those two sermons, were the best sermon I've ever heard on the Holy Spirit, Jesus. personally. And I've heard some pretty amazing ministers preach on the Holy Spirit. Systematically, it was the best sermon I've ever heard someone preach on the Holy Spirit. Powerful. You need to listen to it. You must. I encourage you to listen to it. It is so good. It is just line upon line. Parisa, and it is clear, and it is, and she said things that I I don't say. I'm like, woo, I've never heard that before. That was awesome. Very, very good. But her whole sermon, two, two sermons, because she gets into hearing the voice of God. Now, that part I do better than her, but. You know. <laughs> totally joking. Totally joking. <laughs> but she, she, she starts out talking about who is the Holy Spirit. Systematically teaching. Powerful. You need to know this stuff. Okay? So I just want, before I get too far about, because she talks a lot about on the second sermon about peace. Following the peace of God, I'm only going to just briefly touch on it, and then I'm going to turn it over to to Brian uh, to receive the offering and do the announcements. But it's about peace when you're living your life, and you're living, you're going through your daily day. You know, you're going through your stuff, you're you're making decisions, whatever. When you're, if you know God, the Holy Spirit is in you. You're seeking Him. You're listening. You're, Lord, I want to hear Your voice, and then you start moving in a direction. You're, you're trying to make a decision, whatever that decision is, and you're praying about it, saying, God, what should I do? And, and he, you, know, you don't hear the, thou shalt cross the road at corner B7. I don't know. I just made stuff up. But he's, you don't, if you he don't hear that audible voice, you need to start doing something. You start moving in a direction. But then you listen. I, and I say listen, because it's not wait for a feeling, because it's not a feeling. I don't know how to explain it other than... You listen for the peace. As you start start moving, you're going, uh, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, kind of like what I was talking about with the the window story or the 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 wood story. I'm driving along going, ah, there's something I do. There's something going on. It's not evil, it's not wrong. I just don't, it's not right. Why? Because I was headed to go buy wood. The Holy Spirit didn't want me to go buy wood. I could tell you all kinds of spiritual stories, maybe I will next time, about moving towards a, a okay, I'll just tell you one real quick. Okay. Years ago, Brian and I were headed to Hungary. We were headed on a mission trip over to Hungary. We had gotten on the plane on a certain night. Uh, We were sitting on a seat. It was a brand new, brand spankin' new A380, 330. A three thirty, Airbus three thirty. I had read about these things. I had, I was like, oh my gosh, we are going to be on the A three thirty. This thing was supposed to be the smoothest, quietest, most wonderful ride in the whole thing. We take off out of Minneapolis. We get up on, we, we get up, we take off, and you know, you feel the usual feeling. You know, you feel the the, the runway, you feel the wind. Well, our seats, we had great seats. We had love good seats. We were sitting in the in the uh, the. Uh, bulkhead and the the flight attendant was right across from us, but I could literally stretch my legs completely out and still not kick the the flight attendant. It's wonderful. So we're sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, we're in the A330, baby. This is going to be nice. And we take off and it's rough and it's noisy because our seats were right above the wheels. Okay, it's rough and it's noisy. Well, it's an airplane. Okay, I I get airplanes. I've flown many times. I'm flying, and we take off, and it's rough and it's noisy. And and we get up, and we it is still rough and it's still noisy. And I hear, I hear, I hear, (coughs) below me, I could feel it in my feet. (coughs) And I I turn to Brian. I go, something's wrong. And he goes, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, I said I could feel it, man. He could you uh, know." Uh. And we're just we're still climbing and we're out now where we've crossed over the river and we're we're headed towards Wisconsin and we're still flying and I'm I'm still hearing ee, uh, ee, uh. And I'm like, "Okay, there's something going on here." And so I just started to pray. I'm in an airplane. And I'm feeling there's something wrong. What do you do when you're in an airplane and there's something going wrong? You pray. My mama didn't raise no dummies. So I look over at the flight attendant and I go, there's something wrong. And she goes, really? I don't think so. I think it's good, yeah. And I said, no. And I said, the landing gear's not going up. She goes, really? Oh, I can feel, there's something going on. Just then, you hear the bing, bing. You know, if anybody's been in a plane, bing, bing. The, that means that the, uh, the cockpit's calling all of the flight attendants. So she gets out of her seat. She goes around the corner. She picks up the phone. Hello, this blah, blah, blah. And she goes, yeah, uh-huh. Really? Really? You're, you're what? We're dumping fuel? We, really? We're returning? Oh, emergency landing? I'm hearing her say all these words. <laughs> emergency landing? Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah? Okay. And she comes back. She straps in. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you feel the plane do this. (laughs) Feel the plane turning. And I love it. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden, over the loudspeaker, the pilot comes on. Well, just folks, I just need to let you know, we're going to make a little routine turn back over to (laughs) Minneapolis-St. Paul. We're having some equipment problems, and uh, we're just going to we're going to come in for a landing we're just going to get see what have him take a look at it before we head over to Europe he says nothing to worry about and we're coming in he says all the flashing lights don't don't worry about those at all that's just for a precaution cuz the whole runway was lit up with with lights and everything else well Go, jump to the end of the story, they, the, the landing gear wouldn't go up. Actually, their indicator said it was not going up. They didn't know if it was up, down, sideways. They didn't know what it was doing. And it was nighttime. It was like 10 o'clock at night, so they couldn't do a flyby to see. have the tower look to see if the wheels were up or down. As far as they knew, we were coming in on the belly. Okay? So we're coming in, and and, and I'm watching the flight attendant across from us. He he and I are just joking. We're laughing, which tells me, praise God for the peace of God. Because I'm laughing about it going, you know, I mean, we die? Ta-da! You know? (laughs) That's, that's when I know the Holy Spirit's good, you know, and real. It's just like, in those worst, because I'm watching the flight attendant, and she's white knuckling it, <laughs> staring. I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You were there. She was white knuckling, had her, both of her hands on the, on the seat like this. We come in, and er, er, you hear the wheels, okay? We land, and they came to a stop, and they shut the, the plane down at the end of the runway. They had to tow us back, because they didn't even want to try to drive back. They didn't know if it would tip over. We get to the end of the runway, and she's like, I, I lean over to her, and I go, breathe. She goes, oh, yeah, okay. Shows you what kind of situation we were in, all right? Okay, this is just a preliminary story. Just wait. Okay, so we get off the plane. We have to spend the night in the Thunderbird. We stayed a night in a Thunderbird, yeah? High class, man. They put you up in the nicest places right there. Next day, we get to the airport, get on the plane, you know, the, or getting ready to get on the next plane, and the flight attendants across from, it and I say, and we're joking around. We say, well, we'll see how far we get this time. Oh. She goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, we were on last night. She goes, you were on last night's plane? I said, yeah, and she, she told us the whole story, the backstory of what was happening. She goes, yeah, they had grief counselors in the, in the break room uh, this morning for all the, one, all the flight attendants who were on that. On the, I was like, grief counselors? What do we get? We I should get at least a... <laughs> 500 free miles or something yeah yes but no 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 grief counselors nothing you know i got too far ahead back it up we're sitting in the in the uh tarmower in that what do you call that thing the waiting room the terminal we're sitting in the terminal before the plane comes and uh this was well not quite 24 hours 20 hours later we're sitting there and my phone rings my phone rings and I, I re- pick it up and I look at it. It's a friend of mine. A friend of mine, he's a believer, he's a man of God. I mean, this guy, when he speaks, you listen. I'm telling you, man, I've had him say something. I'm standing here today because he, he spoke a word over my life. This is a man I respect with the highest level of respect. Honor him because he hears the voice of God. I pick up the phone, it's him on the phone. I answer it and I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, what are you doing right now? And I said, well, I'm just about ready to get on a plane, going to Hungary. And he goes, John, don't get on the plane. And I said, pardon? And he says, he says John, I've been praying for you all day long. And I keep hearing over and over again, don't, j- tell John, don't get on the plane. Don't get on the plane. And I'm sitting there going, okay. He goes, so I, he says, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. Why? Because I'm not moved by what somebody else says. We need to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And so I said, I'm telling tell you what I'm going to do. I don't have time because they're calling our flight. They're calling our, you know, time to get on the plane where our seats are ready. I said, I'm going to get, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to call my wife. And I said, if you don't hear back from me, I got on the plane. I'm just telling you, I'm just like, I don't have time to call you back. And he goes, I'm telling you, John, don't get on that plane. I said, okay. So I hung up, sat there for a moment. I prayed. And the more I prayed, I felt like, That's because I said, okay, I'm not going to get on the plane no peace okay i'm going to get on the plane peace i was like hmm he just the man of god just said don't get on the plane but when i pray about it the holy spirit i i I feel peace i was like no i can get on the plane i mean i literally can get on the plane so then i called deb just because you know you're going to call your wife you know (laughs) so i called deb and i told her what just happened and i said deb what do you think she goes get on the plane Now, I never asked her, you know, she actually, I joke about it sometimes. with some people, you know, I was like, get on the plane, the insurance is paid up. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> she didn't say that, but I like to add that part in, just because it's kind of funny. Okay. So I get on, we get on the plane, and did we have any problems on that flight all the way over? Was awesome. No, it was a perfect flight. Perfect flight. <laughs> Good food, great seats, same seats, awesome. Now, the rest of the trip was a trip from... Challenge. it was a challenge I can't tell you all the stories we had a, we had a second on the flight home we had to return back to, the, to Budapest because there was a medical emergency somebody died on the plane wow. I mean it, that whole trip was just absolutely bonkers and I'm so glad I went on it if nothing more to tell you, you don't get moved by what somebody else says what's the Holy Spirit telling you because there was tons of great things that happened on that trip also People got saved. People got healed. Word of God got preached. Relationships. Relationships were built that we would have never met those people had we not been on that trip. God knows what he's doing. And you, you, yes, you, I will talk about other people. I mean, I've had plenty of people tell me stuff that the Holy Spirit was, you know, the guy last week with the, with the wood. That was the, word, that was the voice of God. Praise God for that. But we still be led by peace. What is the Holy Spirit telling you?